Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deach. Welcome back to the Mysteries of God's Word. Today we're going to be examining Genesis chapter 5. At first glance, this looks like one of those genealogies chapters, which is, oh, boring. But inside this chapter, there are nuggets of truth and beauty, and we're going to dig those out today. The chapter begins saying that this is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when he created them. Now, that sounds a lot like we're back in Genesis chapter 1. When God said, he created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. But this heading, the book of the generations of Adam, is actually very interesting. It's different from all other headings in Genesis because it's referring to a book. In other words, when Moses wrote Genesis, he's bringing in a written record here or a register. The Hebrew word for book, when Moses says this is the book of the generations, is referring to a written record or register. Moses somehow included this book into chapter 5 of Genesis. Perhaps this was written on a clay tablet. Perhaps it was written on some kind of parchment. We don't know. But this record of the generations from Adam is something that Moses received and included in Genesis. Another interesting note here is the word Adam and man are the same Hebrew word. So we see that the word for man is used as a proper name for Adam. But we also see that it refers to both male and female. It says in verse 2 that God blessed them and named them man. Or he named them Adam, you could say. Perhaps the greatest takeaway from all of that is this. It requires both man and woman to fully express the image of God and be man. Adam's role was created to be the head of the family, and Eve was created to be the helper and the nurturer of the family. But it takes both of them working together to display the image of God. And then it says that God created him in the likeness of God. Again, we see that coming back from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28, where God is re-emphasizing that man remains the image bearer of God, even after the fall from grace in the Garden of Eden. Although the image of God is flawed by sin, it still remains intact, and mankind, through the created order, displays God's image. And finally, It also emphasizes that God blessed them. There's an emphasis on God blessing mankind while he names man. Both male and female are named by God as man, as we mentioned. And it's God that blesses them as he does this. 
Just as God has given man dominion, God is showing his dominion as our father. We start to see all of the sons, how long each man lived, and then he died. For example, it says the days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and then he died. We've mentioned before that these years are meant to be taken literally. Many people, before the flood, lived for almost a thousand years, and in the pre-flood environment, they had a canopy of water above the Earth's atmosphere. It protected the Earth from the sun's ultraviolet rays and produced a greenhouse effect on the Earth that included more oxygen every time they took a breath. And we could go through every man and every son and how many years they lived, but we're not going to do that today. But we're going to pick out a couple of unique men in this line. And as we do that, we'll mention what it says about each and every one of these. Each and every one of these men had other sons and daughters. And each and every one of these men died, with the exception of one. Enoch. Enoch was the seventh in line after Adam in the lineage of Christ. Enoch was considered to be a prophet of God. Jude 14 and 15 records one of his prophecies, which begins with, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all of the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way. Enoch called sinners to repentance. And Enoch walked so closely with God that he understood the second coming of Jesus Christ to destroy the earth with millions of angels. Different than all the other men in the lineage described here, Enoch is described as walking with God. This is describing an intimate relationship with God. The word for walked here is the same used in Genesis 3.8, describing God walking in the garden. It means to walk alongside, to stroll right with God. In contrast to the rebellion of Cain, as well as the moral rigidity that's often associated with the Old Testament, Enoch walked with God intimately. His relationship would be similar to that of Noah, who also walked with God, or Abraham, who was called a friend of God, or even Moses, who saw God face to face. And then we're told that he was not, for God took him. Enoch, being taken by God without dying, displays two things. First, Enoch's walk with God was one of faith and godliness. We know that the wages of sin is death, and that every man faces paying those wages. But in Enoch's case, God spared him 
This isn't saying that Enoch was without sin, but rather that Enoch's walk with God was one of exemplary purity and faith. Second, God taking Enoch represents for all believers everywhere a future physical body with God in eternal glory. Enoch was the first example to all men that God will one day bring our physical bodies into his presence. The second person we'd like to talk about today is Lamech. Lamech was Noah's father. And when Lamech fathered Noah, he said, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech speaks of hope in Noah, as if Noah is going to bring the promises of the Messiah, to bring about the rest that the Messiah promised from the curse of God placed upon mankind. The name for Noah means to give us rest. In a similar fashion that Eve had hoped that her firstborn son would be the promised seed, Noah's father continues in this hope for the Messiah being his son, Noah. And finally, we see Noah. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. From the text, it almost appears that Noah had triplets when he was 500 years old. But the text says after Noah was 500 years old. And we know from other scriptures that Jepheth was the eldest son, and Shem likely the youngest. And Shem was born when Noah was 502. Therefore, this text is describing how Noah began to have his sons at 500 years old, and God blessed him, so that within three years, Noah had three sons. If we were to count the years from when Adam and Eve were created up to Noah being 500 years old, it would be 1,556 years. And the flood came when Noah was 600, which would be 1,656 years after creation, or what we often refer to as 2348 B.C. Thank you again for joining me on the mysteries of God's Word. Please join me again next week when we delve into the mysteries of the Nephilim. God bless you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings. Thank you.